from the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Uh, full disclosure, man, it's been a little while since we have been together in this room, and uh, it's going to be fun. This is going to be fun. I'm already excited. Uh, we are a podcast that uh, deals with uh, culture, missions, a healthy church, and we're going to do all of that today. And before I even introduce the topic or the theme of the episode, I want to introduce some people that are around me. First of all, to my left, we are we are different. I mean, we have new mics. It, it, for different things going on. Just shaking everything up. Exactly. So to my <laughs> left, did I say I'm Scott Armstrong? I'm Scott yes, Armstrong. To my left, Emily Armstrong. <laughs> hey, everyone. <laughs> to my right, AJ Fry. Hey, guys. To his right and across from me, Natalie Franco. Hi, guys. And somewhere over there beyond <laughs> the, the table is <laughs> Chelsea Fry. Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact. Dead skin cells are the main ingredient in household dust. I was hoping you were going to say uh, the main ingredient in some some obscure thing that we eat. I like was every day. Or, or cosmetics. Yeah. I was thinking, <laughs> oh, no. You're welcome. <laughs> the dust bunny in your corner of your room is dead it's a mini- skin cells. It's a miniature you. I'm a miniature you. Oh. So right before, right before we started <laughs> recording, Natalie... No. <laughs> Don't throw under the bus. No, no, this is okay. Not to leave this. <laughs> this is okay. <laughs> not to leave it's disclosed. not a bus, it's just a little car. Listen, <laughs> listen. Natalie disclosed that oftentimes she has no clue what the fun fact means or <laughs> yeah. is even. And so do you do you understand even what was said here? At the beginning I didn't. But then when Chelsea said like what we found in the corner. Uh-huh. Okay, then, okay. Oh. And then I was like, oh, but I didn't laugh. Right. <laughs> it wasn't fun for you? No. Oh, no. But, but it was interesting. It's a so fact. Thank you. Interesting facts yeah. by Chelsea. There we go. So, yeah, that, it is kind of gross, right? I mean, like, as you think, oh, there's just some dust here. And then you realize that's me. Yeah. <laughs> or that's you. know you. what's funny is I knew that fun fact, but only because, like, many years ago, I would say, like, 20 years ago on a Hallmark card, what? Hallmark used that thing. And I can't remember exactly what the whole setup was, but the end of it was there must be a naked person behind your couch. Oh. <laughs> oh because there was so goodness. much dust behind oh. the couch. <laughs> is this going to make the that episode? I, I'm afraid it probably will. <laughs> You're welcome. We're, this is explicit content. <laughs> yes. right Hopefully you were sitting down to eat your dinner. For all oh, those nice. who who have come to this episode. No longer a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> yes, and have been wanting to listen about culture and missions. Um, we're about to do that. Uh, <laughs> we haven't or, been. Believe it or not, yes. Uh, but yeah, but the fun facts, if you are, if this is your first time, the fun facts rarely have anything to do with the episode and that's why they're fun. They're amazing. So we are going to transition somehow, some way to, uh, talking here we are. It's, it's almost Christmas. It's almost the end of the year. We're going to talk about what this last year has meant for us personally. And especially in ministry, right? Uh, I wrote, uh, using some different statistics. And of course I have to turn in a, a annual report to our, uh, well, without getting into the details, to our region. And uh, and so I just said, well, let's highlight a few things. I think you all have read that. And this is just, 
I seriously just want this to be an excuse to say God has been awesome in the last year and how has he done that? So let's start. Who would like to begin and just say, hey, the last year this happened and I noticed that God was at work. I think one of the biggest things that um, when I think back over the past church year that I will remember probably for the rest of my life, which is pretty interesting to say because we've been missionaries for almost two decades now. And so it's kind of easy for things to like melt together and maybe you don't remember some amazing things that happened, right? Um, I actually think about that a lot where the Bible tells us to constantly rehearse the stories of God's goodness and faithfulness because for some reason, even though there was an entire generation that went through the Red Sea, there was an entire generation that was like, we kind of forgot about that. And it's like, how do you forget about amazing things that happen, you know? And so um, I think something to me that I will remember every uh, every year for the rest of my life that was a part of the pandemic year um, was Mission Without Limits. And uh, just to think about how many people were inspired to be mobilized by the Church of the Nazarene. And it wasn't even um, something to me. There were other, there was another episode that we did on Mission Without Limits, I'm looking at AJ or Scott to know if you know what episode it is. We'll stick it in the episode notes, but um, where we told some stories about it. But to me, I think as a leader of uh, the whole entire initiative of Mission Without Limits was to see how God continued to call people to participate in his mission. That it wasn't like they waited for us to become the motivating factor. They waited for the region to be like, hey, you know what you should do? You should be getting into your communities. It was almost like all we had to do was provide a little bit bit of resource and maybe a little bit of creativity. And the church was already like, oh yeah, we knew we were supposed to be doing something. We knew that like staying in our house and not serving and, and all of these things that we've been seeing for the past 10, 12, 14, 15 years being developed and created in this region. It's like all of a sudden the year 2020 brought it to a head of when all of a sudden we were like, we can't do this anymore. People were like, what? we should be doing this. What can we do? How can we do it? And to me, it was like a very stark, what we did 15 years ago, we could have gone through a pandemic and people would have been like, well, that's okay. Like, this is just how it is. But 15 years later, we can see how God's raised up an entire generation of people that are like, we should be serving in our communities. So to me, I think Mission Without Limits is one of the uh, best parts of being a mobilization person during a global pandemic. So for those who don't know, and yes, there was an episode that we dedicated to this, Mission Without Limits was basically our response in the middle of a pandemic to just be able to say, how do we deploy missionaries? Our entire mission and our entire ministry deals with mobilizing the church. And we've been told we can't go across, uh, really across country lines, but even within our own countries, we shouldn't be gathering in large groups. And so this was a way to say, we're going to impact our cities in small groups and uh, ended up here. Here's some of the statistics. This is pretty awesome. Uh, 329 volunteer missionaries impacted our cities and countries representing more than nine. I won't give you all the exact, but representing 9,000, more than 9,000 days donated. Right. And that, that means more than 220,000 hours donated to, to, to Nazarene missions. This is truly, this was a time where we saw more people deployed and, uh, and, and a God that was without limits. I mean, even in pandemic, we saw tons of people mobilized. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's a great testimony of how creative the church can be when, when it seems like 
we've got all these limitations on us. It always amazes me. Like when we open ourselves up to God and, and to his kingdom and then doing what, what he has asked us to do, but then like open our minds to be creative about it. There are really no limits to what God can do through us. We think of COVID as this huge barrier in our, in our world that has shut down a lot of people, a lot of businesses, a lot of like mentalities. It's changed a lot of culture even, but when we like step out and say, okay, we're not going to let this detain the kingdom of God, Mm -hmm. how creative the church can be. And that's just, that's just really encouraging to me to see like not even a global pandemic that has shut down the world quite literally (laughs) can stop the kingdom of God from advancing. Yeah, I've appreciated um, one of our general superintendents, um, Dr. Crocker. I've been able to hear him speak in a variety of ways, whether it's workshop or um, I like I would think maybe five or six times over the past year, year and a half, I've heard him speak and he constantly goes to that type of message. It's always been a different setting, but he has been totally leading the way in God's mission does not stop. Like God is trying to do something through this and we as the church will continue to push through. And I think one of the things that is encouraging is we literally are seeing the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, right? Yeah. Like you literally just said that out of all the stuff that's closing down, you can talk about all the business owners and restaurants and hotels and whatever, like put it on the list. But the thing that does not stop is the church. And yeah. that's a very biblical principle. And if anything, yeah. it's just that God is molding the church to do things in a different way right. to move forward into the future. And I love the encouragement that I hear from Dr. Yeah. Crocker when he talks about that kind of stuff. It looks different. It wasn't the same thing we've always done, you know, yep. and people had to change. We had to adapt, right. but it didn't, it didn't stop. Right. So, yep. And saying we couldn't be in our church buildings doesn't mean the church has stopped. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I think that's important to say. It's yeah. not like, oh, uh, everyone else had to do things, but we in the church said we're not going to do those same things. Still observing all of those health regulations, we said we're still on mission. We're going to serve our communities. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And um, something that really caught my attention um, was the statistic of the number of missionaries that, uh, like, we, global mission couldn't send mm-hmm. any missionary during a pandemic. It, it was not possible. But what really, um, I really liked was the efforts of the missionaries who had, res- like, who were sent during that time and were serving in Quesaltenango mm-hmm. and in Mexico uh, during the pandemic. Um, I was in contact with Elba and Diana uh, time to time, and they share with me um, monthly emails of everything that God were doing with them, even though they had they they were in the middle of a pandemic, and even though everything was closed. And um, I remember that one of the testimonies that really impacted me the most was uh, the time that. When the time came to finish their assignment in Quetzaltenango, and they mentioned that they begin to worry about um, what they were going to leave, um, what they're going to leave in Quetzaltenango, mm. what they're going to do with the church and all this stuff, um, because the pandemic had, because the pandemic changed lots of things, but they say that God stopped them. And they and God makes them understand that they go as far as God takes them, and it is 
not a question what humanly they could do or their strategy or the strategies that they could create, but what God was doing even in the midst of all these things. And I remember this phrase that Elba said that really encouraged me. She said, like, I feel that God sometimes takes us to the moment where he says, now I want you to sit down and see what I'm going to do. Mm. Um, she said, like, she was feeling like God was saying, you have already sown, but I am the one who bears the fruit. Mm. And sometimes she was saying, God teaches us that it is time to stop, not to stop doing, but to stop worrying and start praying more and let him do his work. And that yeah. really, that mm. was something that I can say. Mm. God has, has been teaching me the same this year. For sure. Mm. Totally so proud of our missionaries. Hey, just a little preview. In a couple <laughs> episodes, you're going to hear some testimonies from them because recently they have come back from their two years, and we've been interviewing them. And uh, we're going to, I think, Emily, you and I are just going <laughs> to kind of, not a lot of them are very comfortable in English. And so uh, we're going to curate all of their uh, testimonies and tell you a <laughs> bunch of cool stories that they were telling us. So thank you, Natalie. Yes, they, they in a time of pandemic, they planted churches. Amazing. What in the Amazing. world? That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think something from the report that jumped out for me was the school of leadership. And I, I personally really like this one because I, we did it on our field. Um, so we, we took a curriculum that already existed. You guys took it and made it virtual. And like, that sounds really simple. <laughs> and then you realize that you're working with people who don't have technology. And so how do you encourage them to connect or to spend money on data that's very expensive and use it for two hours once a week to connect on a Zoom call? Like that's, that's a good a financial commitment that's greater. The course was free technically, but like, and you graduated 88 people regionally. Mm -hmm. That is insane. Yeah, That's 88 people that maybe don't have a call to missions, but they at least know more about the mission of God and the mission of the church of the Nazarene. That to me is the cool piece of the curriculum is it, it was teaching people to love missions mm -hmm. and to support missions and so the feedback that I've heard from my side of it isn't necessarily that so many people are ready to like go and serve, but they are ready to financially support, support in prayer and support in their local community. And like mm -hmm. for someone that my job is to like cultivate a call in a local district, right? Like I'm working with district leadership to find people who have a call to missions, then I already have a base, like the the soil is fertile, right? Like I'm I'm ready, and maybe my the students that were in the class aren't the ones that are going to be the missionaries, but maybe they're the ones discipling the one that's going to be a missionary, and that's just cool. Like to have leadership now in our region that is capable and ready to train and disciple missionaries, yeah, that's invaluable. Like you will never know the ends of the fruit of that choice to pursue that virtual class yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think seeing it put into place in the year 2020 
Um, I have very strong memories of when that curriculum was being written. And when I say labor of love, <laughs> it was a labor of love. Um, I remember Scott was doing it. I remember Annie de Diaz uh, was doing it. I remember that we brought in people like Esther Quesada that were helping us write it. And I remember we lived in Costa Rica. So that was like well over 10 years ago. And um, I remember thinking as uh, Sue Hay started putting together all of the curriculum and the classes and then being able to teach others to teach. And that's a cool part of the story too, is maybe 88 came out of the first regional one, but then all of the fields really started to take it on as their own. And so those numbers have just grown since then. But I thought, you know, how much of this curriculum that we wrote over a decade ago is what we would consider evergreen is something that like, are these really the building blocks of what we're doing in Mesoamerica to send missionaries to get to this end game, right? Like the end game of global missions is send missionaries from our region. And to me, it was super encouraging that is everything in those six books evergreen? No, but so much of it still is. And to me, it was really satisfying to see that what got inspired to be written, you know, 10 to 12 years ago, is still not just because we're not practicing it just because, well, this is what we always said we were going to do and it doesn't work. And so we're just going to keep doing it until it works, you know, <laughs> but it's like God was proving over and over again that even to use this curriculum to train the next generation, you know, that like, okay, so you did this 10 years ago and it still is present for today. To me, that was super encouraging to see kind of that, that long term goal being fulfilled as well. I don't know if you've noticed it's caused kind of a domino effect, like this trickle effect in all of the different regional ministries. Uh, Nazarene Youth International, NYI, it's our like youth focus. They're also using the School of Leadership curriculum, but in their emphasis, which was not being used very much right. beforehand. So like it, it didn't just impact like global missions. It didn't just impact missionary yeah. sending it's it's impacting our lay leadership that's to me that's what I love about this it is not at least on our field we didn't focus it on people who said they had a call to missions or they had a call to be a pastor mm -hmm. it was just our lay people mm -hmm. and we already have a wait list for next year mm -hmm. so like our to me our field and I would assume our region is hungry for how do I serve the mm. church better? And I think that's what the pandemic did for us. It woke us yeah. up that like Sunday morning's not enough. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so like now they want resources. Well, the school of leadership is a very practical, like here's a curriculum. You can read this, you can learn it, and we're going to walk through it with you. Yeah. We're not going to just leave you high and dry. So I, I think that's really cool. And, and we've got, we've seen a lot of involvement from all different kinds of ministries. Yeah. And I think it literally became like this resource. One thing that we've heard from a regional level is that sometimes it's hard for the local church to receive the information. Like the region knows, districts mostly know, but like to trickle it down to the local church. And I feel like the School of Leadership, at least what we did in Global Mission stuff, reached a lot more local church level right. things. Yeah. And I think that that's a huge win for any ministry whenever you can get a local church to say, we have, we've heard it and we believe it and we're going to start cheering it on too. So that's a good point that you make. Uh, this affords me the opportunity to just say like, our team has been awesome. And even Chelsea, as you were sharing, your field, uh, we call it the central field, we'll not get into it, but it's six countries. That field of our five fields uh, on our region has been the one that has just, I mean, really 
had the majority of those students in our school of leadership. And so like publicly, I want to say thank you to you. But the last part of, of honestly, of my report was just saying thank you to our team. And you're a part of that team. But all of you here in this room are a part of that team. And I mean, you guys can read, uh, you know, I won't name you know, individually, all the people, but each one of our coordinators has assistants. Each one of our assistants maybe is, is uh, you know, uh, recruiting or, or utilizing other teachers for these programs and, yep. and uh, mobilizing other people. And, like, I, I end the year, uh, 2021, and I'm just thankful for our team. And I want, you know, them to hear this right now. Like, I am super thankful for them. It has been hard. Everyone, almost everyone, I think, is a volunteer. Like, no, one, no one's getting... Yeah paid for this. Um, but they're just by, because of passion and because they just want to see, you know, more people that are sent as missionaries, more local churches that are, that are, uh, trained and equipped to, to, uh, teach missions, to send missionaries, you know, that's the reason they're doing it. And the results speak for themselves. Thank you team. This is awesome. You are awesome. I think that we should get Wendy, my assistant, on the podcast. She's been doing Duolingo in English. I bet she could Whoa. She could at least just say, like, hello, my name is Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> she's a, she could do more she's than a that. treat. If you ever get to the DR or if you speak Spanish, let me connect you with Wendy. You will love it. <laughs> yeah, you will not be disappointed. <laughs> um, love that girl. There's one more thing. I'm looking at the fries right here. There's one more thing that's, like, kind of important, and this year – after, has it been four years, five years? They got a dog. Well, <laughs> wait a second. Yes. That is not where I was going with this. But yes, both of our families got dogs. That's awesome. Um, but there was kind of something important. AJ, I don't know. I mean, like you guys were recruited to come down here for one main job. And like, it seems like that has come a long way. Yes. So we we originally recruited to come down to help um, build actual buildings for the center of missionary formation. And so this year we had the first like re-entry training classes in those buildings. And that's super exciting for us. It kind of changed its direction a little bit over the years, but, uh, we finally got done. We renovated the library and uh, a house. It's beautiful, yeah. by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went in there yesterday. We had not seen it. Oh, yeah. and it's got the furniture. It's got furniture is in beautiful. it and everything. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. So we're we're very we're very proud of that. Um, and we want to thank everyone who helped us with that because we Chelsea and I did not do that on our own. <laughs> no. We had hundreds of people helping yep. us with that, and we're yeah. super thankful for all your help and all and all your support all the people that have supported us um, through this through this journey of this uh, project and it was super cool to see we were in the states when this when the states when this happened so but it was cool super cool to see the pictures of like you guys having the training and mm. and in there and using the facility and um, enjoying the house which is the dorm room and so that would that really it really touched our hearts to see the completion of this project. It was the first time in my life I considered buying a $1,000 one-way ticket just to come back for the training one day. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. And not that you were part of some of those first trainings. Like, yep. I mean, it's pretty It's pretty cool. It is I, awesome, I, and it is really comfortable. Like, yeah. I really oh, love that. Well, good, good, so, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I haven't talked to her. I hope that she liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I love Fun it fact. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, there's so much more, and you guys can, we're going to provide the, the link um, to the article, and even within the articles, there's the more 
you know, full report uh, that I had to turn in. Inception. Yeah. The link yeah. within the link. The link Never within ends. the link. That's true. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, I'm not going there. Um, but uh, but honestly, here we are when we're saying God has been faithful. Amen. I mean, it, personally, yes. And in our ministry, we have seen more missionaries, uh, volunteer missionaries sent out, um, short term, you know, but sent out than at any other year in our history. That's incredible. I mean, in the t- in the time of pandemic. You Who would have thought? Yeah. And we've seen the completion of uh, the Center for Missionary Formation, you know, and we've seen yeah. so many churches that have been equipped and individuals that it, we could continue on and on. But um, I, I just... We're thankful. We're thankful. All in this group, in this room, we are thankful. Thank you if you are listening for being a part of this. Tell someone else. Tell someone else about us, about this podcast, uh, because it could be something that helps them to learn a little bit more about missions. Maybe support missions. Uh, encourage them in a. It's been a difficult year. We're not going to lie, right? It, it maybe maybe this could be an encouragement. And actually, Emily, if they would like to kind of get a hold of us or or contact us, how can they do that? Through our Facebook page, The Worthless Servants Podcast. You can also find us online at mesoamericagenesis.org. And I would just like to say before we finish um, that Scott and Emily, you guys, this report, yes, it's absolutely what God has done, but you are the leaders of this ministry. Mm. And so thank you for your faithfulness to follow God and to seek him because it shows through this report what he's doing in your lives. Mm. Because without your obedience to his call in your life, this would not be possible. Thanks, so thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Um, well, I wasn't expecting that. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> Do you need tissue for your tears? Yeah. No. <laughs> but, uh, but I appreciate that. This has been awesome. And uh, thank you guys for being a part of it. We are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm Emily Armstrong. I'm Chelsea Fry. I'm Natalie Franco. I'm AJ Fry. And we will talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at mesoamericagenesis.org.